Good evening, Bards Nation. How are you doing tonight? This is Fitchers of Men, September 15, 2022. First off, guys, I want to thank you very much for all of you that have reached out to Scott and uh, said such wonderful and nice things about the shows that I've done. Um, I literally feel like I've been pulled from the minor leagues up to the big leagues, and, and we're, we're doing the big show. So um, I, I honestly thank you guys so much. Um, it's it's good to know that Scott has uh, the confidence um, to, to hand the show over um, whenever he is not feeling well or he's on the road and he's just doing some absolutely wonderful things. That being said, a little update on Scott. Scott right now is going to be taking the next couple of days to relax, to get his voice back and to feel a little bit better. He is absolutely exhausted. Um, he's been on the road for a month, just literally doing God's work step by step by step. God has walked him around this on what, what Scott calls the uh, Paul Revere's ride. And I, I call the uh, uh, a God vision. God is, is doing wonderful things with them, and he wanted me to send you his love, tell him that he, he's feeling a little bit better, and he's going to be feeling great, and we'll be back doing Fishers of Men on Sunday night, and I know you guys are looking forward to it. I will be doing tonight's show and tomorrow's show, but I brought on tonight uh, someone that I love very, very much, and that is uh, Jeff, my moderator, my brother from Brothers in the Bible. You guys may know him. Jeff, how are you doing tonight, brother? Good man, what a blessing to be here! I know, I'm man. We're on Bard. We're on Bard Nation, man. This is this I'm is honored. great, man. Uh, we're, we're with we're with literally some of God's greatest warriors all stacked up right here in the chat, and I just I just every day I I find it to be a blessing and an absolute honor to be with such wonderful people. Amen. Family. Family, exactly. And this is what it is. This is a big giant family, you know. And and God knew what He was doing. God knew. God knew when when He led Scott down his his uh trail and his path to 
do the multiple shows that he does a day. And trust me, guys, he feels terrible that he's not getting to do those three shows a day. Um, it literally took me a lot of talk and going, hey, man, sit back, relax, take some time off. Trust me, Bars Nation loves you. And Bars Nation completely understands that sometimes you just got to take a break. And uh, I don't see how he's still got a voice, man. Oh, no, it's it's rough. Um, it is a little <laughs> bit rough because, like I said, he has been on the road. He's been pulling over the side of the road, taking these little power naps, um, taking his vitamins and his meds. Um, he was a little down, more down yesterday. Um, he's feeling a lot better today, and he's just going to take the week and relax. I told him, I said, stay in the hotel. Don't leave. I've got some great movie selections for you. Watch these movies, and if you get hungry, pick up the phone and get someone to deliver it to you. Don't don't leave. Don't hop in your Jeep. Just relax. So I think he's gonna he's gonna take Thank that. Yeah, man. Just you know, call man. Say hey, deliver. You know what I'm saying? Take a break. You drink plenty of water. You know, just just soak it all in. Oh, exactly. And you know, and he's pretty good about you know watching his health. Um, I know he's missing his mom and dad. Um, missing the family been a long road trip. Um, I mean, I've only been, um, staying over at another house for the last week, um, working, walking dogs one after the other. It's literally, it's like a full-time job. Um, and I miss my dog and I miss my home. Um, I miss my mom, you know, so I completely understand where he's at and, but he's also loving and excited about the trip. He, he has, uh, has met all of his obligations so far, um, spoken at multiple events, gone around, met loads of people that he was supposed to, that God led him to. And I believe his next obligation, if I'm not mistaken, is next weekend. And he will be hanging out with a a native tribe in Oklahoma, which is really cool. They're Christians. It's a Christian. Do you you know which tribe? I I don't, I can't, I want to say Navajo. I want to say Navajo. Um, but he was led to do this. He knew that it was supposed to happen at some point, but he was thought it was going to be a couple months down the road. And then boom, just like God does in his amazing God ways, sent someone into his life, called him up on the phone and was like, Hey, we're Christians. Come on out. You know? So I just, I'd imagine I was like, man, even if there's chaos in the world, I imagine that's a pretty safe place, you know, being around them because natives love, they, they, they are loving people. Um, the connection to everything, they have this this ability to understand yeah. and see things that that often we can't, as what we call wasichu or white man. Um, but but yeah, I, one thing that always fascinated me about Native Americans is the similarities between their culture and the Celtic culture all the way across the pond and how similar they were. And it just, it's a great example as to how connected we all are from cultures all the way across the world before we had the ships to get from one land to the other, an airplane to get from one land to the other. It's mind blowing. Yeah, it really is. You know, and, and the great thing is too, you get to meet so many different people, even though you're there. Um, it's just, it's amazing when, when God leaves you where you can, you imagine how the disciples must have, and I know not everyone welcomed the disciples or or the apostle like Paul as well, you know, but just to be there knowing that you're doing the Lord's work and he's leading you right to the people that he wants you to talk to. I mean, that's to me, there, there's not, it didn't get much better than that. It really doesn't. And it's even more um, powerful to think that, you know, and I, I felt weird comparing myself to this at one point, but we are those disciples and those apostles today. Yeah, yeah we are. We, we are the now, now, here and now disciples and apostles. I truly believe that. You know, and, and it, it astounds me too. And I think about this and I talk about it a lot, but it still, to me, is just as exciting every time I say it, is that we were chose by God. 
to be yeah. here, to be here right now, to do what we're doing right now, to, to serve the many services that we can for God. And, you know, what a great thing to know that, you know, we'll never be, we'll never be able to pay God back for what he has oh. done for us. I mean, he created us to start off, but he's given us so many blessings, you know, throughout history. And then just in our own little lives, you know, how can we ever pay him back? But it does feel good doing the services that we're doing right now, being his warriors and attempting to pay him back, or at least show him that we love him enough to die for him. If that's what it came down to, you know what I'm saying? His son died for us. You know, I have no problem dying, serving him zero. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, there's one thing I will never renounce the name of Christ. Oh, no, no, never, never, never. Sorry. It's just not going to happen. You, Kill me, do whatever it is you got to do, because like I have this saying that I always say, what are you going to do, threaten me with heaven? <laughs> That's, I love that, man. It's well I, mean, I used to say, what are you going to do, take away my birthday? But I like that one a whole lot better. You're going to threaten, you me, with threaten me with heaven. I love it. Um, real quick, guys, uh, MSM Liars, I'm about to embarrass you, buddy. Happy birthday again. Um, man, it's a blessing to have you in our family. Uh, I wish I knew every one of your birthdays, but uh, man, happy birthday, man. You you are literally a blessing. When, when I met you, we become closer, we've become family, and then we realize that our connection goes back literally thousands of years, all the way to the very least 500 AD. Um, awesome. So I hope you have an absolutely blessed birthday because uh, technically it is your birthday, if I'm not mistaken. If you're on East Coast time, today is your birthday. So happy yep. birthday. Yep, happy birthday. So the reason that I wanted to have Jeff on this evening is because um, Jeff and I have, have we, we became brothers instantly when we met. Um, it was just fate. God brought us together. Um, he literally reached out to me one day. It's like, hey, dude, you're going to follow me back. Um, and he had been, you know, always at the show. And not only did we become like brothers, like instantaneously, you ended up being a mod for my last show, a mod for this show. And you and I do a lot of research together. And that's one thing I, I always joke and I, I, I always call you my pocket Bible. And the reason I say that is because um, he, he uh, understands scripture a lot better than I do to the point where he's really good at bringing me to particular parts of the Bible that I need um, when I'm doing my research and kind of putting those puzzle pieces together. So I'm very thankful for, for you in my life and, and leading me down that path and helping me understand scripture as kind of a newbie in this. Like I said, you know, I guess five, six years isn't a newbie newbie, but in the big spectrum, considering I'm, you know, 47 years old, I'm still a newbie when you break it down into my life. And, you know, it's people like you and many others like you that help us get closer to scripture, help us understand scripture. And you and I, um, there's certain things that we see differently in the Bible. And it's not that um, either one of us are right or wrong, but, you know, something is very, very much up for interpretation. But one thing that I find to be the most beautiful thing is even with the differences that we have, um, we can talk and still yeah. be brothers and best buddies when this is over. We don't yeah. take anything personally. As a matter of fact, if anything else, it gets each one of us thinking. Yeah, because I agree. Because <clears throat> God is deep. You know, I've said it before. <laughs> if God's wisdom was, if we were to understand and conceive God in our own brain, our brains would explode. You know what I'm saying? It'd be like overloading a computer because God is the ultimate computer. He's like the quantum God computer, all knowing, all wisdom. And my my little, you know, 460 gigabyte RAM brain just couldn't handle what he what he knows. Um, yeah. 
AI can't even figure that out. I'll no way. That. No way. AI, exactly. AI is primitive technology compared to, yeah. to the, the all being that God is. It's not going to happen, you know, and I, and I feel the same way about you, Duncan. We've, we, there's no doubt that we met the way we did. And there's no doubt that God put us in this relationship together. People, people don't know the whole story. Maybe one day we'll just sit down and tell that whole story. But, um, you know, it, it's really, it, it's not me. It's not you. It's, it's all the Lord, whether, whether I'm leading or giving you some scripture or, you know, you have to ask the question before it can be given. So we could still look at it as the Lord allowed you to ask the question. He allowed me to give you the scripture at the end of the day, it's still to God be the glory. Amen. Well said, well said. And that's just how beautiful God is, is he knows like he, you know, I, he knew that that we were going to become brothers and that all of us in this chat, we would all come together well before we did. He knew yeah. this the moment we were born. He's like, you don't realize this, but in another 47 years, you're going to be doing a podcast and you're going to get together with some of my greatest warriors. And you guys are going to pray for each other and lift each other up like God knew this. You know, and it's the same thing with, with Scott and, and some others. You know, it's just like everyone in this chat tonight. We're, we're, we're all here because the Lord himself put us here. Yes. You know, and, and we don't always have to see eye to eye on things. You, you know me, and we've talked a lot. I just want to make it very clear to me. I'm not taking anything away from God's word. I believe everything written in there. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all about his son and salvation and the resurrection. Yes. You know, and to me, that's, that's what's important because we'll never understand it. 100 percent and we're going to be it's a lot like the different denominations you have you know some, some of them are right on some things some of them are wrong on some things but at the end of the day we need to come together under the ban banner of the lord jesus christ yeah we we know the important things yep. those are the things that are easily understandable you know yep. the importance of god's sacrifice for us the importance of us serving god the importance of us working every day to to overcome our sins and our tribulations in order to better ourselves. Those are the things that are important that we all can agree on, you know, yeah. but one thing, you know, you, you, you know, and I'm going to be getting into this here in a moment. The reason um, tonight is called um, my walk with Daniel is because um, we had worked on a, I had had some dreams and it, they just didn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, but coming together we managed to put a lot of these pieces together and then God sent us out on our research that brought even more together. And one of the most miraculous things I think is, um, you know, with these dreams of Daniel and how Daniel connects to what we're looking at right now. And one of the biggest mind blowers to me that, you know, I love, and, and I had somebody reach out to me and I was very, I'm a very open-minded person. I'm willing to talk to anybody, even if we disagree on something a hundred percent. And I, full hardly believe and know that Jesus Christ was the son of God and that he was put here on this earth to do exactly what he did. But, um, right when I started work on this video, I had somebody, a couple people reaching out to me, trying to tell me like, what if, uh, the second Testament was part of the new world order deception and that they're trying to lead you away from what the first Testament was trying to tell you. And, you know, so as I'm looking into the research and the dreams that I'm having, it all came together to the fact that they even talked about Jesus Christ before Jesus Christ was born. He was mentioned in scripture. And Daniel, I believe, was one of those things about Christ or the Son of Man appearing in the clouds, which is basically where we're going, you know, with Revelation, when when we see Christ in the in the in the sky, in the clouds, and the universe um and the air just kind of folds back like a scroll. You know, it'll be very undeniable. And 
you know, then on top of the other aspects that I learned within Daniel, because that's the one thing I love about, about scripture and the Bible is that like, I have my favorite, you know, verses, my favorite scripture today, but you ask me the same thing again in another month and I'll have a whole new scripture and whole new verses that I love the most, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, yeah. it's an ongoing thing. Um, my biggie was, uh, this Christmas, you know, when I was watching a lot of, um, you know, the different, um, documentaries and stuff on the life of Jesus. And I really, or excuse me, this is on Easter. And I became very, um, very impressed. And I just fell in love with what happened after Christ rose and how the disciples and the apostles were still on their missions that God had set for them. And they all ended up dying just horrible deaths by serving God you know, but they didn't stop. And that's the beautiful thing. Even to the point where God turned people that we thought were like our biggest enemies who ended up ultimately being some of God's greatest warriors. Yeah. You know, Paul said, I run a good race. Yes, exactly. And then there was one, it was uh, John the elder, I believe. Um, they just couldn't kill this guy. <laughs> they, they tried to hang him. They tried to, to noose him. They tried to put him on a cross. They probably tried to do everything. And they're like, man, this guy's just unkillable. That's because when God's not done with you, you're not going to, you're not going to take him from this earth. So they disposed of him on an Island and he ended up writing the final Testament. You know, yeah. he ended up writing the, the final book in the Bible revelation because God wasn't done with him. So, you know, and there, there was a lot of them that were like that too, not, not to cut you off, but I mean, you, you were talking about Daniel. Yes. I mean, Daniel was thrown in a den of lions, mm -hmm. hungry lions. Listen, these, these weren't pets. You know, these were, these were hungry lions and, uh, you know, he, he came out because of his faith in the Lord. He didn't, he didn't waver. No, and know? they even, they even, God even fed him. If I, yeah. if I remember correctly during that time, like he sent people to go bring food to Daniel, Daniel still not getting munched on by these like beasts that hadn't been fed in a week. Like any lion at that point would have devoured anybody, but they left him alone because God was like, Nope, he's anointed. Sorry guys. Just chill over there, purr in the corner, you do, do your lion thing. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then what ended up happening? Um, Nebuchadnezzar was it, I believe it was Nebuchadnezzar ended up coming in and ended up changing his life. He was an idol worshiper. He was convincing his people to worship those idols. But once he saw that God had protected him from these hungry beasts who literally were just purring in the corner, they ended up removing him. And the guys that went in to take him out ended up getting devoured by the same lions that left Daniel alone. You know, so Nebuchadnezzar at this point, his heart was changed. He ended up finding God through circumstance, you know, through, through proof that, that um, Daniel went in there and Daniel knew Daniel was like, man, God's got my back. He's always had my back. I'm like, you know, I think he was like one of God's like only true prophets. Um, and the only prophecy that he didn't get right, um, wasn't th because of God. Like it was God changed it at that point, you know, because he said, you know, the, the nations are going to be ended by this time. And God's answer to him when it came down to, it's like, you know, dear Lord, heavenly father, like you told me that, um, everything was going to go down in these nations, these evil, corrupt, idol worshiping nations were going to be destroyed by this time. And God was bait, you know, I'm going to summarize. It was like, my children aren't awake yet. You know what I'm saying? We need, we're going to have to add some extended time to this. And I believe he said it was something like 70 years or something in the Bible. But what is a year to Christ? What is a year to God? Um, God doesn't work on linear time. We do. 
you know, so a year to God um, could literally be a thousand years down the road, 2000 years down the road, a longer. We, we, we don't know. It could um, be shorter. It could be shorter. But one thing that we are seeing is um, everything, the prophecy is starting to unfold. I mean, like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Revelation's like a play by play book right now at this point. You know, you're, you're just watching these things happen. And the great thing is, is I'm watching more and more people come to God every single day. And, you know, we, we can't ask for any more than that because mm-hmm. the greatest the, the greatest thing that we can achieve on this earth isn't success, isn't wealth, isn't a nice car, a nice house. It's a relationship with God. And, you know, and the great thing is, is unlike anything that we have on this earth, we're going to walk away from it. You know, what do you say? You know, it, you're um, you're easier getting a camel to the eye of a needle than, than walking into heaven with all the jewels, gold and everything that you've, you know, yeah, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so all this stuff gets left behind. But the one thing, the greatest gift that we could get on this earth, the relationship with God, is the only thing that's going to carry on once we leave these physical bodies. Once we, we, we walk away from the sheath and this flesh that we've been given to, to roam this earth. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and, and I don't know the day, but I do firmly believe that that it's it's coming it's going to be here sooner than later. I'll say it that way. And I know people say, well, you people been telling tell us that for thousands of years. And, you know, it's true. They have. But when you start looking at all the prophecies that Daniel's, you know, Ezekiel, Isaiah, uh, you can even go into the gospel of Matthew, Matthew 24, where Jesus was telling them about the signs and the wonders. So there it is also in the gospels. Um, you know, and then you got revelation, you got all these different things to look for. Uh, but the, the bottom line is Jesus is coming back. And he's coming as a thief in the night in the mm-hmm. twinkling of an eye. Okay. And you better be prepared. You better have your house in order because I, I really feel like it's going to be, in my honest opinion, I believe it will be in the next 10 years, if not sooner. Yeah. I kind of feel that way too. Um, you know, every day it seems like we're getting closer to the mark of the beast, the antichrist and all these other things that was prophesized. But I've got a video that I'm going to play for you guys. And this is one of the reasons that I brought Jeff on and we'll discuss this when we're done with it. And like I said, I had had some some crazy dreams, and, and I'll get into um, some more of these dreams tomorrow night on tomorrow's episode of just dreams that I've been having since literally I was 10 years old, even before I could understand what I was dreaming about. But God knows that you remember things, and, and he gave me this gift to remember every dream that I've ever had in the most detailed ways. Oh, um, you have some dreams, brother. I'll give you that one. I mean, I can remember smells, taste, like it's amazing <laughs> the detail that I can walk out of a dream. Cause I talked to many people that, that can't even remember dreaming much less what happened in those dreams. Um, yep. but he's always allowed me to be able to dissect and to, to memorize and to remember every detail to where I can tell you a dream that I had when I was 10 years old today. Um, and then a lot of these dreams that I've had have been, um, reoccurring and I'll get into some of those reoccurring dreams tomorrow. But this dream that I had about Daniel, um, really led me into some some phenomenal research, you know, digging back into the old scripture and how it correlates to what I'm watching happen. And as I was building and doing this research, there was things unfolding right here on this earth that literally fit right in to my dream that were that happened after my dream. And even to the point when I reached out to uh, Pastor Graham, um, you know, you guys hear about him often. Um, Scott actually went and spoke at one of his events recently in Georgia. And oddly enough, he had done his very first um, series on Daniel 
a couple of days before I reached out to him. So it's amazing how God speaks to us, but also how God encourages us, you know, just kind of little, little constant reminders of like, Hey, see, I told you I was sending you on the right mission and it just all comes together. So I'm going to play this video for you real quick that, that we worked on and we created. It's called my walk with Daniel, and then we'll discuss it when it's over. I had made a video about five years ago that I want to expand on today. I myself have had trouble over the years reading scriptures. It almost seemed like a different language, having to read the same verses over and over again, which is why in this video, I'm going to speak very simply for those like myself. And I apologize to those who remember scripture in its entirety as written. Since that time, early into my journey reading scripture, I have learned to be more cautious in my excitement, expressing my personal interpretation of scripture as not to bear false witness. That being said, I am no biblical scholar, and I'm certainly not a prophet. I am just a simple man trying to interpret the holy book and understand the lucid dreams that I've had since childhood and how they coincide with what we are experiencing today. I encourage you, like everything else, to use discernment in what I will example in this documentation. Over the last few years, I have had many dreams in which I wake up still emotionally attached, remembering content, smells, sounds, etc. in great detail. These dreams have brought me to many different biblical books and verses, trying to find meaning through Holy Scripture. As I talked to friends with a better understanding of the Bible than myself, I was led to Acts 2, 18-20. And all my servants and all my handmaidens, I will pour out to those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great notable day of the Lord to come. Once again, I am not claiming prophecy, but these little things push me to my journey of understanding and ties into what lies ahead in this video. Many of my dreams, conversations with others, and random occurrences have over and over again led me directly to the book of Daniel. I woke up from one of my recent dreams feeling the need to contact two people in hopes of getting some insight or direction as to what my dreams meant. First, I called Scott of Bards FM, who suggested that I talk to Pastor Graham of Valley Grove in Georgia, who just so happened to be the other name that had crossed my mind to speak to. He admitted that he was no dream interpreter, but once again led me back to the book of Daniel, which coincidentally he had recently done a sermon on just weeks prior. Inspired by our conversation, I immediately started reading Daniel, learning about his many dreams and which makes sense to why I was led to this book. As a man who spent his years interpreting the dreams of others, there was a dream in which he had interpreted himself by an angel sent by God. He dreamt of a winged leopard, a lion, and a bear, which was said to represent the kingdoms that had turned their backs to God. Kingdoms that one day God would bring judgment, destroying the idols of those lands and those who worship the idols. As I looked online for more interpretation of Daniel's dream, this led me to the book of Revelation about a single beast John had referenced that was a combination of the beast that Daniel had visioned himself. As I look into an image search to give me an idea as to what this beast looked like, the first thing that popped up was a statue that had recently been placed in front of the United Nations building in New York City. This statue was erected the same exact day that I began doing my research. It dawned on me that in the time of Daniel, the kingdom's beasts represented were separate. But today, the same nations were represented by a group of kingdoms known as the United Nations, which is why John may have seen these different beasts as one entity. I do understand that the United Nations represents more than a few nations. 
But with the integrations and the infiltrations over the years of the original kingdoms that Daniel referred to, how many nations are there really? Especially when Rome became England, and England rules many of the nations that we were taught are independent. Toward the end of Daniel's life, he asked God why he had not judged those kingdoms in the 70 years that he was told. God acknowledged that many of his children were still asleep, therefore it would take 10 times longer than he was told. What time was our Lord referring to? What's the linear time that we've been taught since childhood, or what's the divine time of God in which cannot be exact? Even Revelation 3.3, written many years later, acknowledged that the Lord will come like a thief in the night, and no man will know the time in which he will arrive. After reading the book of Daniel with a newfound enthusiasm, as much as I was intrigued by the dreams and how they coordinated with the symbols today, I was inspired most by the stories where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had evaded being burned in the furnace and how Daniel was unharmed in the den of lions. These stories gave me peace with something that I wrestle with daily, and that is praying for my enemies. It was the preservation of each of these men that changed the hearts and lost souls of kings who would once again acknowledge the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It reminded me that whenever God is involved, even the most evil hearts can be changed in miraculous ways. As I look further into the connections as to why I kept having Daniel brought to my attention, it brought the weight of what I had dreamt and recently learned to my friend and brother Jeb, who has always been one that I can rely on to lead me directly to the scripture as it pertained to my immediate life circumstance. First, he led me to the book of Matthew, which showed me how the coming of Jesus would be integral in what God had told Daniel about the destruction of nations. And later, in verse 713, well before Christ walked the earth, referencing the sights of what looked like a son of man in the clouds of heaven. Then again to Revelation 1-7, which said, Christ come to the clouds of heaven, and all kind will see him. This brings me back to Matthew 24, which almost reads like it could have been written yesterday in regards to what I am seeing every day happening around the world in these moments. Jesus tells his disciples to be wary of deceivers, including the governments, and that even people we were taught to trust would claim to act in God's name. You will hear of wars and rumor of wars, but it had to be this way, so do not be afraid. Nation would rise against nation. There would be famine, disease, earthquakes, and these would represent the beginning of what was to come. Even by merely believing in Christ, we would be persecuted and hated. Jesus said that when this was witnessed by others, many would turn from their faith, being detoured by the growing evil of the world. Only those that stand firm, endure the pains, and remain in their faith would be saved, and that this moment would be a lesson to the world. Daniel and Revelation, although written lifetimes apart and two separate testaments, have many similarities. The same similarities I am seeing everywhere today, especially in the consequences of this virus, giving us the same test of faith mentioned in Revelation, where we are being forced to choose between the Almighty's request to trust in Him and the government that wants us to rely on them, being forced to choose between taking care of our families financially or trusting that God will provide everything that we need, having to choose between a vaccine some believe was created by man but inspired by God or believing that God gave us all that we need to break past this virus ourselves. But it is Matthew 24, 27-30 that not only brings me back to Daniel, but it walks me into the next topic of this video. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there will be vultures that will gather. Immediately after the stress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn 
when they see the Son of Man coming through the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. In those verses, it refers not only to the Son of Man in the clouds earlier talked about by Daniel, but says the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. At first, I thought of the many volcanoes of today and the ash that could block out the sun. But then I remembered a video that I had made five years earlier that I made soon after the solar eclipse of 2017. That eclipse was talked about around the world. It is something that happens twice every seven years, but only occurs every 2,000 plus years. In America, this event started in the Northwest and exited the Southeast. In 2024, when the second part of this event occurs, it will begin in the Americas Northeast and pass off to the Southwest over Texas. However, the crossing point of this combined eclipse lands over the American state of Kentucky, very near the location of the current carnage created by the historical tornadic activity in recent days. I could not help but wonder if these were the examples of birthing pains talked about in the book of Matthew. As I was intrigued by the eclipse that only occurs every 2,000 plus years, I became obsessed with finding information about the last time it occurred. Being well aware that a little over 2,000 years ago, the Son of Man, that would eventually appear in the clouds of heaven, was persecuted on the cross. I was surprised to find the few sources that referred to this event taking place over the old Damascus in Syria, not but a hundred miles or so from Golgotha in Jerusalem, where Christ was hung on the cross. The times I found lined up very closely to the day of his crucifixion, but I had trouble believing in a lot of the research done by man, especially something that took place over 2,000 years ago, well before any of us even existed. However, recently I was led to a verse in the Holy Scripture that not only blew my mind, but almost validates that the research I had seen may be true. In Luke 23, it begins talking about Pontius Pilate, whose peoples brought charges against Jesus for claiming to be the Messiah and true King. Against his very own beliefs of Christ not being guilty of any crimes, he later gave in to the people and ordered his death. Later, in the book of Luke 23, in verses 44 through 46, it says that around noon, darkness came over the entire land and lasted about three hours. It was because of an eclipse of the sun and the veil of the temple was torn down in the middle. Jesus then cried for God his Father, asking him to take his soul into heaven, which was said in his final breath. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. This scripture acknowledges that there was in fact a solar eclipse during the last moments of Christ's physical life here on earth, which makes me wonder if this was in fact the second part of the solar eclipse similar to what we are about to soon see. Does this next eclipse have any biblical meaning to what we are supposed to experience in the time before Christ's return? Are the earthquakes, storms, volcano disease, government deception, and wars and threats of wars that we see today preludes to what is to come? As we are human, and as stated early in Revelation, no man will know the exact time of this world-changing event. Therefore, no time is better than now to start walking that narrow path. Prepare your souls and bug out bags now, because Jesus stated in Matthew 24, that when it's time to leave your homes and cities, there is no time to go back and pack what you need. We need to be prepared today for what may happen tomorrow, prepared spiritually, prepared mentally, and prepared physically. Stand firm in your service of God and never waver, even under the duress or threat of death, because God will show his love one way or another with the eternal life of our real home, which waits for us in heaven. Yeah, so that was just literally that, a dream that I had um, that inspired this. And, and Jeff and I went down some big old scriptural rabbit holes and, and found a lot of, yeah, you remember that, huh? Oh, yeah. And it, it's amazing um, how everything just kind of came together and it just, it, it was, it felt easier than it should have been. 
you know, and I, and I just know that God had laid his hands down on us to, to do this research and kind of pull these things together. But one thing, you know, I notice if you just really pay attention is there's a lot of similarities of what happened then and what's happening today. And the, the very first of it is the, the persecution of just man in general, like anyone who believes in Christ, you know, just by believing in Christ, there are men and women out there that hate you for it. And we're seeing it. It's becoming very evident, I think, right now in our own country, because, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're going against MAGA. They're going against all these things, making us look like domestic terrorists, but they're going after the Christians more than anything. And yeah. there's a beauty in that. Like a lot of people are like, man, I can't believe we're being persecuted. I love it. Why? Because every time someone hates me for being a Christian, I know we're right. <laughs> it just makes it easier to have yeah. that faith because I'm like, you wouldn't be trying to destroy us if we weren't a bane to your existence. Exactly. You know, blessed are you when men hate you for him. You know what I'm saying? That's what God's word says. You know, so if you're going to hate me for, for being a Christian because the Lord Jesus Christ lives inside of me, I've been forgiven of my sin and I'm glory bound. That's fine with me. I don't really, you know, it doesn't bother me. When I first became a Christian, it used to, it used to perturb me a little bit. Um, but now I, I look at that persecution as knowing that I'm doing exactly what I need to be doing. Exactly. I mean, even back in that time, um, you know, just admitting you were a Christian could have meant your life. And, yeah. you know, for many of you, I don't know of a lot of you, some of you may know this, but you guys are familiar with the, uh, the fish that, 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 um, Christianity is often represented by, but do you know what that was? Um, a Christian would walk up into the sand with their staff and they would mark half that fish into the sand. And another Christian, if they were a Christian, would finish it and do, you know, the other side of that fish. And that was a way that they could communicate to each other through symbolism that they were Christian without being persecuted um, if that other person was not a Christian. Yeah, you know, I've often wondered where when Jesus, when they brought the adulterous woman to Jesus and he was writing in the sand. I've often wondered what he was writing. We we have no way of knowing. I just, when you start doing research like that and then you start looking at other things, it's, so you sit there and go, hmm, what if he was drawing a fish? You know, I mean, he could have been writing scripture. I, I don't know. I mean, it could have been that. And, you know, I, I joke about this a lot. I'm like, man, when I get to heaven, God's going to put me in the corner for asking too many questions. <laughs> you're <laughs> he, in timeout, buddy. He's like, you're in timeout, man. I, I, I know I'm God, but I need a break from you. So uh, you just go over here because <laughs> um, I've got loads of questions. And the thing is, is most of these we questions, yeah, most of them don't matter in the big spectrum because I know what's important. And that is having that relationship, doing his work um, to the best that we can. And I am by no means perfect. I am so far from perfect. Every day is a struggle to be a better person. And it's like that with many of us. But the beauty is, is that, you know, that's why God sent his son down here is to give us that right. chance that we just didn't have before. That's um, right. Because if you could be perfect, if you could be perfect, then that means Jesus came here and he died in vain. And that ain't, that ain't what's happening. You no, know what I mean? not at all. And, you know, so it's, it's an honor, you know, it's, it's phenomenal that we got this, this purpose and that he understands and that every day that we pray for forgiveness, even if it's every day for the same thing, we recognize that we have an issue that we need to overcome. And, you know, the more we pray, the more strength God gives us, the more lessons he brings into our lives to get us past those things. And eventually we will, we may not have been perfect to that final day, but making yeah. that effort is what God sees. 
you know, I've shared this with you before, and, and we've talked about it on podcast before. You know, Paul had a thorn in the flesh um, that he 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 prayed and asked the Lord to remove from him. And and I've heard sermons on that. No one really knows what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. But the, the bottom line is this, and we'll share with you guys something that the Lord showed me many years ago when I was looking at that and researching it, and and I was praying about it and asking the Lord to, you know, just, just show me. Um, and, and here's what the Lord showed me. Okay, if God answered your prayer, or we'll pick on Paul. So if, if, if God had to remove the thorn from Paul, would Paul have kept coming to the Lord? Would Paul have kept being the servant that he was? Probably not, because you're looking at one of the greatest men in the Roman army. If he had got back out and left field, you know, Satan had to come and, and tempted him to the degree, uh, you know, like he did Job and some others. Would Paul have have done that? You know, we got to remember something. No, no matter how much we we try and we pray, we still fall short. But the great thing is, is because, and this is why you shouldn't get down on yourself. I'm not saying it's okay to sin, but what I am saying is, as long as you're in the flesh, you're going to fight the flesh, you're going to fight Satan, et cetera. But praise God, we have you know, victory in Jesus over that. Um, but sometimes God allows things like that to stay in our lives to keep that personal relationship with him because he knows, okay, if I do this, then you're going to probably wander off because I answered this prayer and I'm probably not going to hear from you in a while. And you know what? I, I would much rather have you coming to me every day with the same problem than to see you wander back off in left field. Exactly. And it, and it kind of falls into what I was saying, you know, about going forward. Cause we don't know when Christ is coming back. We don't know when that day is going to be. So we could very well be in a period where things are going to get good for a while. You know what I'm saying? Before that day, which at that point, you know, it, we can't let this be in vain. We need to make the best of it. And, yeah, and absolutely. And once again, you know, I said, what I was saying about the future generations, the importance of 10 generations, 20 generations down the road need to bear the scars of what we're seeing today. And that would kind of go into what you were just saying about the thorn. It's a reminder of the hardships and how bad things can get, which is why a reminder as to why it's so important to begin your day with God and injured your need God. exactly your need our need and our love and and our our devotion our commitment to doing what we're doing and yeah. we've wandered we've wandered we've let god down um we started trusting in man we started idolizing we started doing exactly what god was warning us about and that being said which is why we're in this situation that we're in right now is because um if god had been first and foremost period we wouldn't be here now because we would have all seen what was happening, but we, you didn't. know, you know, if to be quite honest, you and I were discussing this just a little bit ago. Um, sometimes if we would just let God do what we ask him to do and what he wants to do for us in this busy world, that's hectic and full of noise, man, how, how blessed could we be? You know, we, we put it, we put stuff in our own hands, you know, and that's a little bit of part of my testimony was, you know, I talked to you about my wife and, uh, you know, I, I've, I've always been one of these people that as long as I could get my hands on it, everything was okay. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't have any fear. 
well, when what happened to my wife happened to me, there was absolutely not a thing that I could do but pray. Oh, and yeah. I am, you've heard me say it a thousand times, prayer is the most powerful thing on this planet. And I mean that because God himself showed me that. Oh yeah, exactly. You know, that was kind of like me as I've, I've always been one of those people that, that wanted to be the one to help everyone. And I would never accept help from other people. Um, you know, the relationship that I've developed with living over the last three years has given me a chance, you know, just on a human level to allow her to do things for me kind of, and, and it's even more powerful when you, when you hand those things over to God, you know, like yeah. I had said in one of my earlier video, um, one of the videos that I played a couple episodes ago, you know, those, the, you know, you give me some, some nails and a hammer and I'd be able to build a birdhouse, but you put those same nails in the hands of the Lord almighty and your soul is saved. Amen. You know, it, it depends on whose hands it is, is in, <laughs> and we can't do everything ourselves. That is a man thing. And it's, it's also one of the importance of letting go of the ego. And, you know, um, I was stubborn and God has put me through my trials and my tribulations. When I lost my, my gigs working um, for professional sports, hockey and basketball, you know, I was devastated at first because I didn't realize what a blessing God was about to hand to me. And, and boy, did he hand you one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because he got me doing all these videos. Like, well, you're, my walk you're with doing his work now, Duncan. Exactly. You're, you're making videos for him. You're, you're sitting here on, on a couple of podcasts and, and, and you're praising him. That's what he wants. Yes. He, he wants your praise. He wants, he wants us to come to him and love him like a child with their parents. Yes. You know, and when we when we finally humble ourselves and we do that, things are just so much better. It's not saying it's going to be easy, but it's going to be so much better because no matter what you're going through, you're going to have a, a peace in you that surpasses all understanding. Exactly. And, and the thing is, is it may be difficult, but we've got the master of wisdom sure. that's, that's guiding us down this path. So we're going to succeed. And, you know, like I said, I went from having a job that I loved working for a boss that I didn't know to now working for a boss that I've got one of the greatest relationships ever with. And that is God, um, the boss, the boss. Exactly. <laughs> like, and, and I had, I've never been like an egotistical person like ever in my life, but I did have a sense of ego when I was working for the sports teams, you know, for the stars, for the, the San Antonio Spurs, making these intro videos and these commercials, watching 25 to 30,000 people get up on their feet and screaming whenever they were watching the intro videos that I created to pump up the crowd. I felt like a rock star, but you know, God said, no, I'm going to take this away from you. I'm about to humble you. Duncan, I am about to humble you. Um, and I was, like I said, I lost all my friends everyone that I was close with all at one time, all because of my political beliefs is the reason I ended up losing those jobs. But what did God do? He, he ended up sending me on a, uh, the North star is exactly, I'll give that to you flight work. Um, he ended up sending me on a greater mission and I've been doing, um, literally nothing but his work ever since. Um, I take, I, I get uh, odd jobs and stuff like that here and there enough to make my ends meet, which is the, you know, cause we got to make our ends meet, <clears throat> but doing these videos, I mean, I, I literally feel 
happy and, and joyful getting to do his work because I'm not doing things for myself. I'm doing things for, for God. And yeah. even to the point where I'll be in the middle of working on a video and I'll just have this, this sense come over me. Like you need to stop doing this one and you'll finish that one later, but it's not time yet. You need to work on this video. And then I will, I will write the script all the way to making the music editing and finishing the video that God stopped me to start and those videos, when I put them out, are always the ones that get the comments like, I needed to hear this today. Like, okay. this was so well-timed. And it wasn't me. It certainly wasn't me. It was God. You know, it, but we just have to learn how to listen. And You're exactly right. And, and it's it becomes, the more you talk to God, the easier it becomes, the easier it comes to listen and understand what he's saying. Because... He speaks to us in so many different ways. He speaks to us through friends. He speaks to us through strangers. He speaks to us through angels. He speaks to us through dreams. He speaks to us through, we're flipping to the television set, and then we end up with just a series of words that we just catch as we're flipping through that end up being something that we ultimately need to focus on. God speaks to us in the most amazing ways if you sit back and you learn and you listen. and. Yeah. If you're paying attention, if you're paying attention, exactly. But the, the, the more of a relationship you get, and that's one thing that I pray to in all my prayers, you know, is dear Lord, please allow us to help others find you, but also work in our lives because we can know you better. We can get a, a stronger relationship than we have, you know, put my life and all of my problems into your hands. I know you're going to take care of it. Um, and that's a great thing because sometimes we just can't take care of it. But God can take care of absolutely everything. And that's why, you know, at the very least, I have zero fear. I get a little anxious, but it's more impatience, I think, than anything during these times. Because you're just like, it's hard to watch the chaos. But I have zero fear. And it's yeah. because the worst thing that can happen to me on this earth is my life is taken. But my soul's not. You know what I'm saying? My soul's going to be taken by God. You know, we're, we're, yeah. we're working that way to it. But is death on this earth so bad when you know that you're about to, to, to get your ultimate reward? And that is getting to talk with God, getting back to the souls in heaven, maybe even earning our wings. You know what I'm saying? Like God doesn't want to give me wings right now because he doesn't know where he's like, you, you know, you're going to fly in places you don't need to be flying. So you just hold off. I'll give you your wings one day later on, you know, but, um, yeah. but this is the greatest thing is uh, having a purpose on this earth. And, and then recognizing that it's not for us, it's for him. You lay in your treasures in, in the kingdom. And what most people don't realize is if you go through scripture and, and figure it out, all, all the rewards that you earn here um, from your works, the, you know, your rewards, you're going to one day lay at the feet of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're not going to want those crowns. You know, you're, you're not going to want any of that stuff. You're you're literally, when you're in his presence, you're going to, the only thing you're going to want to do is worship him and give him what you've earned. You know, exactly. and, and a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't even know that part of it. Um, and, and, and that's okay. I didn't used to know it either. You know, this has been a journey for me and I'm still on a journey. You know, I'm just trying to find my home and get there as quick as I can. You know? Yeah, but but not too quick because God needs you right here on this earth. And, and well, that's right. I mean, as long as, long as, you know, as long as he needs me here, I'm going to, I'm going to be here. But, uh, you know, we're, we're supposed to, to 
talk to others. That's one of our most important missions on this on this planet. It's, it's like we've said before. The Lord didn't command us to talk about Genesis. He didn't command us to talk about Revelation or Ezekiel. What did he say? Ezekiel. Go unto the world and preach the gospel. The gospel. The good news. Yes. That you can be born again. You can escape all this heartache and disease and stuff. You may not do it while you're in this fleshly body. I'm not saying that's up to God. That's God's will be done. But one day, if you are a child of God, you have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, the gift of grace from the Father. One day, you won't even cry anymore. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more pain. Hallelujah. It's going to be nothing but love and laughter. You know, yeah. um, one great question that I get often, you know, and I had the same question myself, but I, I feel like I understand it now. My mother and I talk about this often. She asked me, when we get to heaven, are we going to recognize our family? Are we going to recognize our friends? And I'm like, when you get to heaven, you're going to realize that everybody is your family and everyone's your friend. You're not going to be looking for grandma. You're not going to be looking for grandpa. You're going to be, you're going to really instantly realize that our family that was blood bound here on this earth is soul bound in heaven. And we are all one gigantic family. And well, I'm going to tell you how I feel about that. It really is not going to matter to me because the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to run to Jesus Christ and I'm going to throw my arms around him. I'm not going to care if my grandma or grandpa is standing there and my mom and dad. And no disrespect, don't get me wrong, but I want to see eyeball to eyeball Christ Jesus, who died the most horrible death ever recorded in history, in my opinion, who saved a sinner like me. And I want to hug his neck and thank him personally. I know. And that's going to be just imagine the most joy you've ever Can I felt. Get an amen? Oh, a big amen. I mean, <laughs> of all the, the, the biggest joy that you've had on this earth is nothing in comparison to the joy that's going to be going eye to eye with, with Christ and God in heaven. It's going to be beautiful. And then, uh, um, uh, our young 1466, there will be no Biden's. That's another great thing about heaven. You won't have any Bidens. You won't have any Pelosi's. It won't oh, keep me Lord. from praying for them right now. <laughs> yeah, I was to say, Lord, forgive us. Yeah, it won't keep me from praying for that right now. But um, that's also really good to, to think about. <laughs> no Bidens oh. and no Pelosi's, or at least if there are Bidens and Pelosi's up there, um, that meant that they have changed their life down here and they've earned their way. So it, it'd be um, all right. But <laughs> Punk, Punky wants to know if there's going to be tacos. You, you're obsessed with tacos. Oh, Punky? I, I don't know. Maybe there will be. Okay. Punky, I've heard that you make some pretty good tacos, but I'd imagine heavenly tacos are probably the greatest tacos ever. And just like we have discussed <laughs> before, when you are sitting next to, uh, you know, you're sitting next to the lake and, and the trees of life, you could probably look up and grab like tacos and, and, Filet mignon from those trees. Already made. How yeah, about like that? pre-made, pre-seasoned, pre-marinated, like <laughs> just brilliant, wonderful you know, tasty it, tacos. It'd be great to sit here and laugh about this stuff, though. I mean, you know, sometimes we don't just take a moment and just think how great and how one. And I have, but sometimes in days I, I should do it more often, that how wonderful it's going to be to be in the presence of the Lord God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just how wonderful that's going to be. I know. I mean, I'd imagine even in heaven, ramen noodle probably taste awesome. <laughs> you know, and I know I joke a lot, 
but you know, God is laughter. He's love and all these other he things. Is. He and, gave you, he's the one that created you. And, he gave you that. And I mean, I mean, let, let's come on. He created me and the platypus. So apparently God's got a pretty darn good sense of humor. <laughs> you know, I, I say this all the time. He had to have a sense of humor. Look who he created. I mean, <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> we're some silly looking creatures, man, yeah. but, but God knew you know? he's like, you know what? I'm going to make you and, and you are, you are perfect to me. You are perfect to me. Yeah. And, but, you, you know, know, as you was talking about Daniel and, and Revelation a while ago, I just don't think, I don't think, and and I don't like to talk a lot about that stuff just to anyone because, let's be honest, some of that stuff is very scary, yeah. especially if you're if you're a new Christian. You know, you you haven't been saved very long. You haven't given your life to the Lord very long. Some of that stuff is very, when I first, I mean, I was very intimidated by that stuff. Um, but it's things that we need to know. You know, and it, if if you don't read it and you don't ask the Lord to show you, then how are you going to conquer that fear? You know, and some people look at it as fear. Me, I look at it as comfort because it gives validity. You know, you were talking earlier about some people say, well, the New Testament was, you know, that's just a fake by the Mason, whoever. Um, well, all I can say is this. If them old boys did do that, then ha, 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 the Lord sure turned your joke around on you. No, 100%. 100%. You know what I mean? He's used it for his glory for a long time, and he's going to keep using it for his glory. But I personally believe that, that the Bible I have right now, I've got two of them laying right here, are all the true word of God. Oh, yeah. And, and, and nobody's going to convince me any different. Only God himself can convince me of that because I have a relationship with the Lord. Quite honestly, I, I, you know, I'm not, not trying to take away from it, but I've got a relationship with him. I don't necessarily have to have his word. To me, I look at the Bible as an instruction book. Yes. You know, a holy instruction book because I walk with him and I talk with him daily. Some, some days, not as much as others. And sometimes I feel bad about that, but I make it a point to have a relationship with him. Why? Well, number one, because he is the Lord, our God. Number two, because Christ Jesus came and died for me and I can go to heaven because of that grace that was given unto me to accept freely. It's my choice, you know, which brings me on to another topic. Some people say, well, God loves us so much. Why would he allow us why would he send anyone to hell? God don't send you to hell. God, you can't show me anywhere where he's deliberately sent someone to hell. He gave these people a choice before he did anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what he's going to do with every man. I don't care if it's resident or any of the rest of them or, or some of the more evil people in our history. Um, you know, we could, we could look at Nebuchadnezzar. We could, we could go back to the Babylons, Canaan, whoever. He gave them a choice. You remember when, when he went into uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, it was prayed that if I can find 50 men, will you spare the city? Yep. And didn't, didn't find them. If I, if, if I can find 30 men or if I can find 30 people, will you spare this whole city? Yep. But the Lord knew he wasn't, we weren't going to find them. And therefore the city was destroyed. He gave these people a choice. He even sent the angels to Lot's house that night. You know, so make no mistake. God, God doesn't send anyone to hell. Okay, you go to hell. That's because you made a choice to reject his son as your savior. Amen. And I'm going to end with one more thing before we go to prayer. And, and it was something that you brought to my attention. It's just stuck with me and it's just well said. In hell, people think that the worst things are going to be the eternal flame, the brimstone, being poked around by demons with pitchforks. 
No. The worst thing that comes with going to hell is the absence of God. There's no praying out of that one. God's yeah. God is not with you at that point. And that is the worst part of hell is the absence of God. And that was so yeah. well said because you were, yeah, you're separated forever. And, Separation. And, yep. and, and at least here, when we make a mistake, when we have trials and tribulations, we can pray and God will come to our rescue. Yeah. That doesn't happen you, in hell. He's the, he's the one that causes us to get up every morning. I mean, you, you can't even draw your next breath unless he allows it. Amen. You're right. And it's a privilege because yeah. he promises today, but not tomorrow. Tomorrow That's is right. a gift and a blessing. Absolutely. That being said, Jeff, I've got you here, brother. I would love to hear a good old Southern prayer, man. <laughs> sure. Sure. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, you didn't come into the world just to serve, but to serve and to give your life a ransom for many. You always submitted to the Father, even to the point of enduring pain and agony on the cross. Help us endure all the uh, with joy and knowing that it will turn into our our benefit, Lord. And I just pray tonight that, as always, if there's one among us that is lost who hasn't accepted the Lord Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that today would be a day of salvation. Father, I just ask that you would continue to bless us with the understanding of your word and, and give us the fire from the Holy Spirit to study your word and, and try to, to live that word, to share your word with others. Lord, we, we live in a time to where your word is needed more now, in my opinion, than ever for the days approaching. And I know the old devil, he's, he's in panic mode. But Father, you are stronger than him. He's already been defeated. He's already been defeated. And I'm just praying for all these people tonight, Lord, who's, who's hearing this, whether they're sick or whether they're hurting or, or lost or, or maybe they backslid. Maybe they just felt like, you know, I, I was once saved, but I just went back. And I, well, Lord God, I just pray that you would just love, put your loving arms around them tonight and, and let them know that, hey, it's okay like the prodigal son. You always accept us back because your love is so merciful and forgiving. We can't even begin to comprehend it, Lord God. Lord, just continue to bless each and every person who's who's trying to do the right thing, who's trying to find you, who's trying to bring this nation back to you. You gave us this, this nation, Lord, and we need to take it back for you. Father, give us the strength to be kind and, and not to go out and seek harm to anyone, for you'd have us not to harm anyone. Help us to be more like the Lord Jesus, your son, Father loving and patient, but yet willing to flip tables over if need to be. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would fall upon each person and that your love would fill them and that they would feel your presence and know your presence from this day forward. Continue to bless us, Lord. Continue to protect us. Put a hedge of protection around us. Bless God in his journey and all those who are like him and with him. Keep him safe, give him rest, and give him peace. Lord, bless him for the works that he's doing for you. Bless Duncan and all the rest that are trying to do your work that the best as they can, Lord, with the gifts and talents that you have personally given them. Bless every person in this chat tonight. Father, may all things be done according to your will 
your plan and your purpose that you receive the honor, praise, and glory that you so well deserve. In Christ Jesus' name I ask, amen. Amen. And that was an absolutely beautiful prayer as always. I always joke about it, but I am dead serious. If I could just get you to to read scripture on, on <laughs> audio, I would literally drive around in my car all the time listening to uh, Jeff reads the Bible. <laughs> You've got such a, a soothing and that Southern accent just kind of brings it all out. And, and I'm thankful. I appreciate that. But I'm, I'm thankful, you know, I'm very thankful that you came on tonight with me. Um, like I said, we did this research together. I just thought it was great. Hey, it, it was, it was, a, you know, it was a blessing for me. I'm, I'm honored. Um, you know, I appreciate it. I do. Yeah, I really do. Absolutely. And if you guys um, ever want to catch up with us again, we do uh, Brothers in the Bible. Um, every Saturday and Sunday on Podbeam um, at eight o'clock Eastern time. Um, we do an hour on Saturday and then we pass the mic on over to uh, Evern and family for a big little bear show. And then on Sundays, we tend to go a little long winded about a couple of hours or, or at least until uh, we get booted off of uh, Podbeam. But guys, yeah, and we have. <laughs> so, but I want to thank you all so much. Um, I want to thank you again for just being so welcoming to me. Um, I will be back tomorrow evening and I'm going to go in a little bit further on um, dreams that I've had over my lifetime. And I want to make, I want to be a little bit more interactive as, as much as possible tomorrow. So guys, if you have anything, if, if the dreams that I've had um, are familiar to you or you've had something similar, let's have this conversation tomorrow because I am, I am just as curious to hear what you guys have to say than anything. Um, we all have been blessed with God with different things. He may tell me something that I'll never tell Jeff. He may tell Jeff something he never tell you and tell you something that, that neither of us get to hear. God knows what we need to hear, when we need to hear it, and who needs to hear it. And it's, it's quite the blessing. That being said, guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me for this Fishers of Men. Um, I will be back tomorrow evening. Scott will be back on Sunday and I believe on out. So I've only got a little bit of time to be with you guys, but I've actually enjoyed this. And uh, I hate doing these hard endings without the music because I love doing the dance parties after the show. But I've been working, coming in to do these shows and then going back to work. And I've got to meet my obligations, guys. So I'm going to be checking out here right after we do the uh, ending exit music. But it's a blessing to be with you guys. You guys are a great inspiration. And like I said, God has put his A-team together and brought all of his warriors. And many of us are right here in this chat. And I am honored and privileged to be here with every single one of you. I love you very much. Have a beautiful evening, a great day tomorrow, and God bless. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through. Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now We're on the edge of our moment But not a way that now it does Light up our hands, we're running to Fit to go.
golden sun sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow, oh, you're an island when the world's too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Bards Nation, thank you so much for joining us again for this Fishers of Men. I will be back tomorrow for Kilted Christian, and then once again, being with you guys one more evening for Fishers of Men. I look forward to that. Scott will be back on Sunday, but he wanted to make sure that I sent you his love. He's healing up, and he's going to be tip-top by the time he gets back on. That being said, guys, have an uh, absolutely beautiful night. Get some good rest. I love you all, and God bless.